Ahoy mateys, it is Radio Trivia finally back, episode 117, with me this, not week, alright, with me this time we have uh, James Jones. Hello. Long time no see, man. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while. I mean, you've, you've hosted some stuff without me, Radio Trivia wise too, I mean, if you know him from that show that you hate him on, Radio yes. Free Nintendo. <laughs> the best email I've ever gotten. <laughs> but uh, James is, is a seasoned radio trivia. He uh, has hosted at least two or three live events. Yep. You know, it's, I'm glad to finally uh, have him back. We've been meaning to record for a while. Yeah, I'm glad to be back. So uh, we got a great lineup here. I uh, I decided to go all listener requests for this episode. So uh, I uh, I hope you guys uh, <laughs> enjoy it. I, I think there's some good requests in here. So. Uh, don't worry about it. It'll be good. I promise. <laughs> Better be.
what troubles me immensely is that I knew the notations of the melody before I knew anything else, but do not recognize that instrumentation at all. Which means huh. this could this could be something deeply confusing to me. <laughs> okay. James, is that also eerily familiar? No, actually, I think I'm a lot closer now. All right. Well, here's your question, which may help you out. Which playable character is coerced into becoming a hero? Whoa.
There you have it. There's the third song. Yep. James, do you know what game this is? This would be Xenoblade Chronicles. Yes, it would. It would definitely be Xenoblade Chronicles. Yes. Do you know the answer to the question? I'm going to guess it's Ricky. Yeah. Uh, basically, the, the chief of his village. Ricky's the, for those who haven't played the game, he's the kind of the comic relief, quote-unquote, comic. Yeah. I don't think he's really funny. But well, I, the attempt, at least, was made. <laughs> right. And... Uh, Basically, he has like he's actually like forty years old or something. He has a bunch of kids, and the chief's like, "If you don't go out there and be a hero, I'm not paying for your kids." Pretty much, <laughs> not gonna feed your kids if you don't go out and do this. So he's basically coerced into into joining the team. Um, but yeah, as you know, play Chronicles. I mean, it, it's been discussed a lot on uh, various uh, other podcasts, but not so much uh, on this one. So uh, I wanted to uh, to have it on, and I uh, figured made sense to have it on when James Jones is co-hosting. Yeah. So uh, uh, I'm sure a lot of people actually uh, guessed it just based on the fact that you were on the show. Uh, the sad part is I had no concept that that could be a play into it. It, yeah. it was really haunting, though, that I knew the, the first song. I'm like, I don't recognize this at all. But yeah, it's it's this game, I mean, from a musical standpoint, is unbelievable. There were a lot of songs that you may not really pay attention to much that are in the background when you're exploring that are really good. And yeah. uh, th- those first two songs are ones I, I chose specifically because I thought, you know, people maybe didn't notice this so much when they were playing it, but these are really good songs. Um, there are other songs that, like, hit you in the face, like, yeah, this is this is a recognizable melody, but those are uh, really good pensive melodies. Yeah, it's... And it's it's so well matched to what's going on at the game at pretty mm-hmm. much every moment that it's kind of unbelievable that this is a game that Nintendo published. Yep, I know it's yeah, uh, it's funny because I, I complain about uh, like music not being as good in modern Nintendo games in some ways, but that really is more. I guess when I think about it carefully, it it really applies mostly to Zelda. And, and the new Super Mario Brothers series, and, it, and maybe it's unfair to me to make that kind of a broad statement, because like games like uh, Xenoblade just you know, knock it out of the park, and uh, there are other you know maybe less obvious uh, you know first party or, or at least published by Nintendo games that that uh, also have really good soundtracks. And of course, you know the 3D Mario games are good, so yep. yeah. So maybe I should just stick to complaining about Zelda soundtracks uh, <laughs> and leave it at that. You complain about new Super Mario Brothers? Well, that, yeah, that, that's a crime. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, Xenoblade. Uh, you know, I, I really have that opportunity to talk too much about it. I, I played through the thing. It was one of those games I basically consumed. Yeah, uh, which which is rare these days. I don't play that many games, but uh, this was one of them. Um, maybe I wouldn't recommend playing it that way because after a while, it does get kind of old and it drags its, it's feet. It, it's so long. Yeah, it's it's. Uh, you know, in hindsight, maybe I should have taken a break, but. Uh, uh, I really like the game. I, I think, uh, as previously discussed, the the world it creates is really interesting, and and the exploration is really well done. Um, for people that are interested in loot uh, and stuff like that, it's it's got that in spades. Oh yeah. Uh, a bunch of side quests I didn't pay attention to. Um, my primary complaints really are are things that are really steeped in Japaneseisms that I'm really disappointed in. One, you can't turn off the battle voices. Dear Lord, <laughs> my God. <laughs> It's just a cacophony of exclamations over and over again. And they talk so much. I changed it to Japanese just because it would distract me less because it isn't a language I really understand. So it, it helps. Oh. I, can, I can ignore it better. But why don't they have an option to turn it off? Oh, my God. 
there are other Japanese RPGs that let you do that. I, I think the Tales they series lets you. a lot. Oh my god. Uh, it, anyway, if you can get past that, then it's a great game. But if if that if you can't get over that, you're you're not going to enjoy your 80 plus hours with this game. Let me tell you. Oh yeah. I have no idea why Japanese cultures or game creators think that's a good idea. I just I don't I don't get it. How can they not play test this and said, you know what, this is annoying. I just I don't get it. Sorry. Because for the first 10 minutes, it's amusing, and that's the end of the playtest. <sighs> okay. That's the only thing I can think of. I mean, yeah. sometimes... I will give this game credit that sometimes if you have some weird party combination, they'll actually have kind of like a little mini dialogue during the battle, which is charming the first time. Yeah, but I'm, but I'm sure you'll hear it over and over and over again, though, right? But yeah, and it's it really... It's, it's only charming the first time you hear it. So maybe you put two people on the party that you've never put together, right. and you hear something really late in the game. You're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then for the rest of the battle, you may hear it two more times. And you're like, all right, I've had enough. We're good. <laughs> yeah. Stop now. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's that's my biggest complaint about this game. And the other one is, you know, some, the pacing gets off at times. There, there are a couple of boss battles in the second half of the game that are just like, really? You, you think this is a good idea? Like, there, there was one where um, basically you're just supposed to hurt him until he's lost, like, I don't know, like a third of his life. This is pretty close to the end of the game. Mm-hmm. The problem when I was playing it, maybe it's because I wasn't leveled up enough, enough or, or whatever, I didn't have a technique. I would miss most of the time. I would, you know, say miss, 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 and every once in a while it would actually, you know, give me points for hitting him. Right. So I figured I must be doing something wrong. I mean, I, this battle's taking forever. I'm dying after like 15 minutes over and over again. Surely I'm doing something wrong. But I don't think I was. I looked up the fact. I didn't see any obvious strategy here that was really going to work. I was doing the right thing. I just happened to die before the arbitrary period where it says, okay, you've, you've done this enough. The efforts. I mean, that, that's stupid. That is stupid. There, there's a battle, and Johnny talked about it on the show, and as soon as he started describing, he said there was a battle late in the game, I knew immediately which one he was talking about, Yeah. where the environment damages you and the other characters. Oh yeah, fuck that battle. But the AI is too dumb not to stand in the places where it hurts them. Oh, oh my god. Yeah, that, that it's, was it's the other... so bad. That was the other big bad... Oh. And then, if the, then at the yeah. end of the game, there's like a period of like five bosses you can't save after. And it just sort of breaks the whole paradigm of, I can save anywhere in this game. I can save anywhere in this... Oh, wait, now I can't save. I'm dying yeah. over and over again. I don't want to play the last three bosses. I better defeat this game. Yeah. There's some weird... It's like anachronisms in, in, the, in the game that otherwise, like, the designer's like, yeah, let's not do that because that's stupid. Let's, let's change this. And then it pops up someplace in the game. And it's like, well, what? Why? I, I don't know. I, I'm complaining. I, I'm I'm playing the role of James Jones here. Um, <laughs> You're gonna get emails. You're gonna get emails. I don't know, man. The game's really good. So these flaws that are found in a lot of games, a lot of Japanese RPGs, just stand out that much more. Uh, it, it, you know, I think that's really what it comes down to. It's almost to the game's detriment that it gets so much else right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, yeah, about that sequel coming up. Mm. Yeah. Tasty. Yeah, and the music, even in the even in the trailer for a game that probably didn't exist, is amazing. <laughs> well, they had something there. They showed off some stuff, and I, honestly, it's, yeah, I, I'm hoping that this has been in development for long enough that it actually could come out like this year or early next year. Yeah, the and we talked we talked about this briefly, but I think the only it, it could well be that the reason this game ultimately or Xenoblade ultimately did relent and come out in the West is that. They saw this. The Wii U game was in development. Said, "All right, well, I guess we can't let that one be the first game." 
Yeah, they, they sure as hell, you know, need to get this thing out because that would be a, a big game for Wii U, and they, it needs one badly. And yes. not, not that there aren't other games that Nintendo's mentioned in their Nintendo Direct, but that one's probably further along than a lot of these other ones that they've teased about. Yeah. In general, having a big RPG like that uh, early in the in the system's life is a big deal. I mean, that right. that just hasn't been happening lately. And any even the handhelds, it's like you know, when did Final Fantasy thirteen, the first one, come out for PS3 and Xbox? I mean, it was two thousand nine. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, I mean, it, it shows the publishers who make their bread and butter making those games that, yes, this is a viable platform. Right. Unless it tanks. I have to think this will sell at least decently on Wii U, given the reception for Xenoblade. Yep. Um, I mean, at least in Western markets. And I, I don't know what the story is in Japan. With Maybe they just play handhelds now. I don't know. Yeah, it didn't do well in Japan, so yeah. we'll see. Anyway, uh, we've probably talked about this game enough. Uh, yep. We should move on to the next game. Oh, I, I should mention, actually, before we go, that that was a listener request. Uh, Retro Decades from Langley, <laughs> British Columbia. Yes, it was requested by someone. Thank you.
Um, I got nothing. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Tripping yet? Uh, a little bit. I can't shake the suspicion this game's gonna be something where I go, wait, really? I don't know. This is this is some weird music so far. Yeah. Here's your question, James. Uh oh. On what basis do the main characters derive their nicknames? Okay.
So, I'm going to play the radio trivia like the way it's meant to be played. And say, I'm not positive what game this is, but it reminds me strongly of the compositions that you find in a certain company's games. And therefore, I'm going to guess the most recent Nintendo entry and say this is Tales of the Abyss. Ooh, no. This is 999. Nine hours, nine persons, nine doors. Oh, that's it. Yep. Da-da-da-da. Nice. Perfect. So uh, this is a request oh, wow. from uh, No Name 2200 or 2200. I don't know how that uh, yep. form name is, is to be read. And uh, yeah, so this is 999, the uh, visual novel slash puzzle game. Slash brain scrambler. I have not played this game. I have played this game, and I deeply like it. That's why I was surprised you didn't get this. <laughs> well, I played it two or three years ago at this point, and a lot of times the music in it can be very good, but a lot of times you're just going like, oh, my head hurts. What are you doing to me right now? Yeah, the music is like very dissonant, and uh, yep. it is necessarily something you want to hear for a long period of time. Um, no. Even if it is fitting. And it is, I'm sure, to the game. Uh, it is, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a really weird experience of a game to play. And, and the music is, is fitting, but may not jump out from what is going on all around you as probably the oddest game you've played in the last year, at least. So, the basic premise, right, is, is that like there are nine people stuck together? Yep. They're, st- they're stuck in a sinking ship, and... They have to go through doors by solving puzzles, and only certain combinations of people can open each door. Hmm. And ult- ultimately, the doors you choose to go through, because a lot of times you're presented with multiple choices, are what guide which particular ending you're going to get that time you play the game. Okay. Because effectively, by you picking a different door, the entire arrangement of the ship, of who goes where in the ship, got scattered, and the narrative plays out differently. It's a very, it's one of those, it's it's very much in the Japanese visual novel style where you have to play the game four, five, six times to figure out what's really going on, which means a certain amount of keeping track of what you're doing. Mm. The the second game in the series that came out last year, Virtue's Last Reward, they actually present you a nice tree view to show you which en- which options you've taken in the past. Okay, well that's, that seems like an obvious feature you'd want to have. And actually, you can use that tree to jump to moments in time and say, okay, I'm going to play the... I'll assume I've played the game the same way from here to here. And then I'm going to try doing something different now. Now, that's that's good, because I remember when you were talking about this first game um, in the series, how you get to replay, basically, everything. And that seems really tedious. I don't want to do that. I, it is. Um, it's... I think the minimum number of times you have to do it to figure out what the hell's really going on in the game is like five. Hmm. So, so does the plot actually change? Like, does the any like are all of the branches canon, or do like do, do different characters have different roles depending on the branches? Like, are they different sides of the same picture, or different characters ultimately do different things in the endings? In part because they're interacting with different people okay. because the pairings are different, and in part because. I don't entirely understand. A lot of times the endings make sense. The the ultimate end state of what happened in the different endings makes sense for that character once you understand their their role and what's really going on. 
Okay, so it's not like one of these things where a different branch, like all of a sudden, a different person turns out to be like the, the mastermind or whatever. It's, it, they're all fairly consistent. A different person may do something that is egregious and terrible, mm-hmm. but it's it becomes internally consistent with their character. Okay. The, the, the so-called true ending of the game really isn't necessarily a true ending. It just happens to be the one that they that is the least terrible <laughs> and the one where they they revealed the most to you about the characters involved and ultimately it's the one they decided to make canon okay. for its sequel. All right. Yeah, it's 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 a good game. It really is. We should probably uh, answer the, the question here. I do. I do know the answer, actually. Um, so the characters are each named after the shape of the number on their watch. So, for example, the person with the number two is his name is Snake, or in some way, not necessarily the shape of the number, but they're named after the number, mm-hmm. essentially. Right. So two stands for like snake eyes on die. So snake. Yeah. Okay. So or one is Ace mm-hmm. because he's an ace. Yeah. Stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And some of them they don't make sense because it's based on Japanese words. <laughs> really? Oops. Yes. They just they gave it up is, on trying it, to translate it. So they're like, okay. It is what it is. We're done. We're done. I can't figure out how to get four here, so we're just going to be done with it. Oh well. Well, wait. I thought four was clover. Oh no, it is clover. It's I think it's three. Oh. I think I, I believe three. They went with Santa. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense in English, but if you understand the Japanese word for three, it makes a lot of sense. Oh. Song. Oh, okay. That, that's still pretty stupid. Uh, it is dumb. It's, <laughs> it's, there are things in this game that are dumb, but you just sort of have to accept. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty. Well, we're going to go on to the third game. Again, this is, these are all listener requests.
what? Were those like dog barking? Like sounds. There's in some the dog barking. Here? There's some some birds in there. Huh. I don't know. That, that's weird. distinct music by distinct you mean you don't like it or what? it's just it's just very different from almost anything that that i have encountered in games in a long time well here's a really crappily written question <laughs> it's the best who's the main character's most recognizable identity whoa okay
it, James. That's not gonna help. I got nothing. No guess. I will at say. All. I I will say. I think it's probably a Super Nintendo game. All right. Um, briefly, it had some rare instrumentation in there, but I don't think this is a rareware game. You would be correct. Uh, I got nothing. All right. Well, uh, this is a game I didn't never heard of before, but it was requested by <laughs> Derek. And uh, Derek, <laughs> it is Maui Mallard in Cold Shadow. Um, and uh, before I uh, tell you what its alternate name is in other regions, uh, I would like to discuss uh, the answer to the, the question here. Uh, so, from the Wikipedia page for this game. The game stars Donald Duck under the identity of an anthropomorphic duck detective. Yeah, this is that Disney game. Named Maui Mallard, who adopts the name Cold Shadow when he dresses up in ninja garb. So there's like a. a Cold Shadow is Maui Mallard, who is Donald Duck. Oh, that's, that's too much. And uh, in North America, apparently there are no references to Donald Duck in this game at all. In the European release, which is, I think, where it was developed and, and uh, originally released on the Genesis or Mega Drive, uh, it's known as Donald Duck in Maui Mallard, which makes a little more sense. So uh, the presentation of this game very much is, is like, a, like a Disney cartoon. I mean, the, the coloring and the, and the title screen and like the fading in and fading out and the kind of narration, uh, textual narration between levels and stuff it really does come off as kind of an interactive episode of donald duck and one of his capers but i don't know why they got rid of the donald duck reference explicitly it's it's weird i remember i actually remember the advertising campaign for this game really yeah because they did a bunch of full page adverts in gaming magazines they, i mean huh. it got it got serious push by disney um, i want to say this is a eurocom game for the SNES version, it's a Eurocom game. That's correct, and it was published by Nintendo in North America, so it was only released in, on the SNES. Did, did somebody else publish it in Europe? Disney Interactive published it themselves, I believe, in Europe. Oh, okay. I guess maybe that explains. Maybe it was cheaper. Maybe Nintendo got a discount for not using Donald Duck's name. Exactly. That's the only thing I can think of, which is kind of weird. Because it's so clearly him on the cover of this game. Yeah. Yeah, well, in, in, you know, even the sound effects, you can kind of hear his, like, quacking. <laughs> That's the only thing I could think of. They got a discount because they cut Donald out. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that it didn't sell as well because of that. But <laughs> There's a great story somewhere about how that happened that will probably never come out. <laughs> I don't know. I, this seems like a decent game. I watched some video of it. You know, like I said, it... It looks very colorful. The level design—it's hard to tell, but it's at least passable. It, the mechanic is such that you can switch between uh, Donald Duck in his whatever Hawaiian shirt, where he has like a pea shooter or something. His Maui Mallard, basically. Yes, and um, then you can switch into his ninja garb, where he, and then he has a bow and, and it's melee attacks instead of a, a shooter. And so, I, I mean, it seems interesting enough. I mean, this is one of those games where if they could figure out the the rights to and it came out on a virtual console i'd be curious about picking it up because it's yeah it's uh i mean it certainly has production values it, it, at least the presentation looks pretty good and uh derek said the game seemed pretty decent too when he played it i mean they figured out complex licensing agreements before although this one might push it <laughs> so if nintendo only has the publishing rights in north america 
and they published the North American version of this in Europe, like they have been for other Super Nintendo games on the Wii U. Do they have the rights to do that? Do they? I mean, who knows? If they even still have the rights. Yeah, it could have been a limited time thing, but I mean, it was developed by Disney Interactive, so presumably that means that Disney owns the rights to this, and it's not like a some bizarre thing where the developer has rights to something and I mean it sounds like it was developed by a Disney team so at one point it was owned by Disney so I mean it's a Mega Drive game which is the two apparently and PC and but it only can't I'm confused already this game's confusing me it's a confusing game that's right (laughs) thanks Disney Uh, that's uh, that's the game hopefully we'll have a chance to check it out sometime because yep it's you know not a it's a one of those Disney games that isn't a Capcom game. I, I do wonder is he still called Maui Mauer in Maui Maui in Europe or did they just completely dispense of that particular name in, at all? I, I don't. I think this was invented purely that alias was invented purely for this game. Okay. I, I think you know how sometimes those Disney cartoons they have you know it's Mickey but it's not Mickey it's him in some alternate universe type thing. Right. So I I think this is what that was what they were going for in this. I got you. It gets very confusing because then that detective then assumes the name of Gold Shadow. So, so wait, does that mean that maybe Maui Mallard was the original intent here and then they changed it to Donald for marketing reasons? I don't think so. That looks like Donald Duck. I mean, maybe York. maybe it was always meant to be like, that was his name and yeah, it's Donald, but we're not going to acknowledge that. And then they realized, wait, this is a terrible idea. What are we doing? Well, but that's what they decided in Europe, and then they went back to the, it's a terrible idea. I don't know. I, I, don't I don't know, know. what's going on. Yeah, let, let's just move on. <laughs> if you worked at Nintendo at the time of this, please email me at TYP at yes, World please. And let me know what the hell is going on with this game. Thank you. all the energy for the last half of the show. Why, wow, was this like all, all uh, depressing in the first half and now we're getting energetic? No, now I'm just, I'm just hyped uh. now. This is great. <laughs>
I got no idea what it is, but I'm super excited about it. All right, it. Well, well, we'll find out in a couple of songs, okay? Yes. nothing got nothing i'm doing great today <laughs> so uh what is the primary mechanic by which you recruit allies in this game i don't know
Well, surely that like gave it away to you, James, right? Um. <laughs> so I have one totally screwball out there guess. All right. So again, I think this is a Super Nintendo game. If I'm not, I'm done. Yeah, you're you're not right. I'm done. I am right or I'm not. No, no, you're you're not. Oh, you're okay. Done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. This is Pokemon Coliseum for the GameCube. So you're oh, you're wow. off by multiple generations here. That doesn't speak highly of the uh, the music quality here. Well, the game, you know, actually I think the soundtrack's pretty good for this game, but um, I don't know. That that uh, second song has a, a electric guitar instrument that really reminds me of Mario Tennis for the N64. So Yeah, it did uh, that I think it, it just didn't work right for me. I'm like, <laughs> You know, you know, I'll, I'll say one thing for this game. It has one thing in common with Xenoblade uh, Chronicles. Kind of ugly character art direction. Um, <laughs> not hideous, but k- kind of off-putting um, character art direction. Oh, well, instead of Blade, they just had melty faces. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was just the game. That was just the Wii struggling to do everything else. Yeah, I, I guess so. I, I don't know. Charlotte always kind of disturbs me when I have to look at her. Um, <laughs> And, and if you look at the art direction in, in Pokemon Coliseum, it, it kind of has that kind of same mushiness of melty-faced numb, but, you know. Anyway, Pokemon Coliseum, this is uh, one of those genius sorority Pokemon console games that uh, is kind of the C-team or B-team Pokemon game. Um, this game is kind of weird because they were really... I remember when, when this was being pitched at E3. They were really pitching this as like, this was a real full-blown Pokemon RPG. And uh, it does have a story, and you can play through it, but it's kind this of a is weird a, This game. is an XD, is it? This is something no, different. No, uh, XD was, I believe, the sequel to this game. Yeah, because they said the same thing about that, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're both, I mean, they're both very similar games. I think XD is a direct sequel. And uh, the, the primary concept here is that you aren't finding Pokemon in the wild. You're actually stealing them or snagging, as they use the term, snagging them <laughs> from other Pokemon trainers. That doesn't sound right. Well, they're evil. They're, they're corrupted Pokemon whose hearts have been closed, mind you. So they're called oh, okay. shadow Pokemon. We're good. We're so, good. so we're actually rescuing them. So you snag them and then you purify them over time and then they become happy go lucky, happy Pokemon. But, oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so, so don't worry, kids. It's not. You're not stealing them. Grand Theft Pokemon. <laughs> I don't know. That's a weird game. It all takes place in like a desert environment, and I don't know if that's really because that's where they wanted to set it, or more because it's easier to render that. Super easy to render the desert. Yeah. I mean, you look at the. I would just watch like the cutscene at the beginning of the the main story, and it's like this could have been done on the N64. I mean, the level of textures, and it's like <laughs> really, this looks like Majora's Mask, kind of, but. You know, not really. This is a GameCube game? (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. I've got an image up now. Yeah. (laughs) That is not strong strong graphics. Yeah. Like I said, the music, I think, is pretty good. Um, But I'm not sure about the rest of the game. Um, This was a request by GoldenLink18, and he can swoop in and and defend this game's honor. But, um, yeah, kind of, you know. I think this is the game that made people say, why can't you make a real Pokemon console game? You know? Yeah, it's really strange. They had that stretch, I guess it's two games, that of where they decided they were going to make console Pokemon games, but they weren't Pokemon games. 
Right. They were these weird, like, this is a Pokemon game, it is an RPG, you can collect and battle Pokemon, but it doesn't it doesn't follow the Pokemon template. Right, it's not a mainline Pokemon game, which it's clear at this point it's only going to be on handhelds, but... Right. I mean, they could do something. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if any E3 we went to, they announced, oh, hey, we've got a Pokemon console game, and it's a real RPG. Yeah, well, it's going to be a Genius Sorority game. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they announced... And it's going to be like the other Pokemon games. No, but it's if not it, going to happen because we know XY is coming out, and that's right. a handheld game. And that well, and we know Japan is a place where these games sell yeah. on handhelds. Yep, exactly. So, yeah, Pokemon Coliseum. I think we've already done XD, uh, and they share some of the same music. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, we got one last game here, so please enjoy the music from the last game. these upbeat songs so we wanted to end on a high note see you know start I off see, start I off see. depressed and, and yeah we're going happy we're going in through 999 we gotta we gotta amp this up a little bit <laughs>
That is not from Allie Mallard. No. Um, it's not from uh, 999 either, in case anyone was confused. But uh, like 99, there, there is tragedy in this game. Um, oh, So what tragically occurs whenever you proceed to a new level in this game? So I have no idea. Really? Wow. Yeah. Maybe I chose hard songs for these games. I, I, tr- you know, I try not to choose the most obvious songs, especially if there are other songs that are sure. also good. And and uh, and I don't know. Maybe maybe uh, maybe I'm missing on this this week. Uh, this is Kirby Mass Attack for the DS. Oh. Did you ever play this game? Or so I've only played two levels of it. Ah, well, that would explain it. This game has a huge soundtrack. It's actually quite surprising. I won't say every level has its own song, but it, you don't hear the same song that frequently. And uh, this game has a bunch of mini games, each with their own songs and, and a few songs per mini game. Sometimes it, it's it's actually a meatier package than I thought. I I picked it up pretty recently um, for an international trip. It was like eleven bucks on Amazon. And uh, I haven't beaten it yet, but I've, I've had a lot of fun. It's it's uh, it's a good game, not not a game you can play for a long time uh, in a sitting, just because the tap mechanics and, and right. it sort of gets a little. I, I get fatigued pretty quickly playing this game, but it, it it's a pretty good game. And it, it the basic concept is really weird. Kirby split into ten smaller Kirby's, and then they die. And what happens when a when one of these mini Kirby's dies is like they seem pretty. You know, sentient. You know, 
Is there like murder going on here, and he's cloned again, or you know, what's going on here under the <laughs> under the surface of this game? I don't know. When I think about it, it just sort of disturbs me a little bit. But uh, yeah, I remember playing this at E3. Yeah, tethered to a young woman. Tethered to a to a booth babe. Yes, this was the first year where they were doing that. I think. Uh, yeah, and it was it was a very like I, we had, we'd heard about the game, but yeah. just seeing it firsthand was kind of off-putting. Mm-hmm. I mean, it played well, but it was just sort of a kind of it was just a weird, almost macabre gimmick. Yeah, that that it seemed really out of place for the Kirby character. It works okay. The game's actually pretty difficult. Um, actually, my my biggest complaint is that sometimes there's spots where it's really easy to lose a bunch of Kirby's at once. The levels aren't short. I mean, some of the levels actually, maybe it's the way I play them, but the, the nature of the controls, it's a bit slower paced than some other Kirby games. Uh, you have to be more deliberate because you're poking up places, telling where to go, and pouncing on things, and you have to manage, you know, these Kirbys that can die fairly easily uh, if you're not paying attention to them. And uh, but there are certain spots where it's just like you can get crushed and a bunch of Kirbys will die or, or whatever, and it could be well into the level, and when you die, uh, you pretty much just start the level over again. I think there might be some, ch- like, one checkpoint in some of the levels, but uh, most of the time you just die. And uh, given that you're trying to collect stuff along the way and you don't keep what you collect unless you beat the level, it, it, it can be pretty difficult. Uh, I, I actually got kind of frustrated with some of the stuff. And, but uh, it, it's it's a good game. It, it's very interesting. Um, the mini games are pretty fun. Uh, one, one of the mini games is... Uh, it's kind of like, um, I don't know, like Star Soldier or something, but with this mechanic where you multiply Kirby's. All, all the mini-games have the same mechanic of you you can build up your number of Kirby's at, simultaneously. Right. And so there's there's an interesting spin on it. So pinball, you know, you multi-ball basically, and in, in this <laughs> in shooting game, you're just, you get more Kirby's that kind of trail. So if you move right, you know, they'll, they'll kind of lag behind, so you'll get a spread of of shots. I mean, you've seen this in other shooting games too, I think. But uh, it all works pretty well, and uh, it's pretty clever stuff. Um, but uh, bringing that up, I think one or two RFNs ago, like John or Guillaume brought up the fact that apparently in most Curry games at some point it degenerates into a, a shooting game. Yes. Um, I, I hadn't even realized that, but it really is true. Yep. Yeah, I, I mean, I know in Kirby's Adventure the, the final boss, there's a there's a side-scrolling shooter, mm-hmm. and uh, this game obviously has a top-down shooter in it somewhere. And I know that Kirby, Air, uh, not your ride, Kirby. Um, damn it! What's what's yarn? The epic yarn. Yes, it definitely has a vertical shooter level or two. Yep. Um, for, yeah. Wow. Yeah, you know, it's just one of the things I just didn't, didn't register with me until someone said it. The big Super Nintendo collection. That game that's a bunch of small games has one. I mean, there's. It, it's kind of freaky that there's some running gag in the Kirby franchise that I yeah. never noticed. <laughs> the, the tragic thing that happens when you beat a level, and mind you, this is kind of a trick question, Kirby games use the terminology level and stage, where a stage is the, what most people would think of as a level, and level is kind of like a world. Right. So every time you beat a level, which is like a world, uh, you lose all but one of your Kirbys. Oh. So you might have a 10 Kirby's and then you're down to one. Whenever It's actually whenever you move between worlds. Maybe not if you've cleared the world entirely, but I have never cleared a world entirely. So if you move between worlds, you're down to one Kirby and you got to rebuild Kirby's, which can be a little tedious. Um, but 
that that makes the first level in each each world each sorry each level the first stage in each level very difficult damn you nintendo and how with your bizarre <laughs> terminology it's fine it's fine anyway that concludes our show tonight yeah so uh james thank you for co-hosting with me thank you for having me no, I, I should mention the last game was requested by two friends of the podcast, Guillaume Viette, I think before he became a uh, member of the RFN crew, Oh, and uh, Eric Lopez, a.k.a. Roy Koopa 64 in the forums mm-hmm. from Garland, Texas. If you have your own request, uh, you can email it at typ at nintendoworldreport.com or send me a message in the forums or fill out a form uh, linked in the... Uh, in the show notes, not really notes, but we'll call them show notes uh, for this episode. So send me your requests. Uh, I always enjoy uh, reading them, and I do try to get them on the show, as you can see. Uh, you can hear James Jones pretty much every week on RFN. Yep. Whether you like it or not. Whether you like it or not, he's here to stay, folks. Uh, and uh, I'll see you probably after E3. So uh, uh, enjoy. Bye. Bye.
Xenoblade Chronicles is copyright 2010-2011 Nintendo Monolith Soft. 999, 9 hours, 9 persons, 9 doors is copyright 2009-2010 Chunsoft. Maui Mallard in Pulled Shadows is copyright 1996 Disney. Pokemon Coliseum is copyright 2004 Pokemon Company, Nintendo, Creatures Inc., Game Freak. Kirby Mass Attack is copyright 2011 HAL Laboratory, Nintendo. Don't forget to send in your requests to TYP at NintendoWorldReport.com. There you go. Nice.